Welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the one, the famous, the oh-so-awesome Miss Megan Brazel in the house. Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It only took me like three times to actually record that intro. You know, for everybody out there that's watching <laughs> and listening that thinks that, you know, doing podcasts, I'm just like a one take person. No, we make mistakes. We do. We do. It's, it's it happens. But hey, Megan, um, I, I'm excited to have the conversation with you. We recently uh, had the opportunity to connect on LinkedIn and, and uh, just so impressed about how you guys are doing, you know, as a dealership and then also you as an individual and your social efforts. And, you know, I love where you are in the community that you have. You're kind of this really cool kind of bubble. And I think there's a lot that we can actually learn uh, from yourself and and how your dealership is approached, you know, social media. But before before we kind of get into those conversations today, I thought we'd kick off today's podcast with a little origin story because I always find it so fascinating how people get into this business. So, So Megan, what is the origin story of how you got started in the automotive business? Ah, well, I think that, um, like a lot of people in the industry, listening to these podcasts, I hear it all the time. It, it's an accident. It's completely by accident. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I was a server through most of my twenties, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I went to, uh, I went to school to French just to have a degree in something and, uh, kind of, you know, just, just kept working in the, you know, in the restaurant industry, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and who I wanted to be when I grew up. And uh, I was 27 and actually got offered a job as reception by our dealer principal, um, just a part-time job. And I said, well, I've got a full-time job right now. So um, I'll, I'll, you know, stick this one out, but thank you. I knew her through hockey. So that was kind of nice. And, uh, and then from there, um, a few months later, I said, you know what, I, I kind of, you know, I'd like to change up. I'd like to switch it up. And uh, she, I, I called her up and said, hey, any chance you still have a job? And she said, well, not as reception, but um, how do you feel about selling cars? <laughs> and I said, uh, oh, I've never thought about that. I mean, I've sold clothing before, but that's about <laughs> it. Uh, so I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it. I, I have no idea. Any, I don't understand cars. I don't know anything about cars. I, I don't, I don't know them. So let's try, let's see what happens. So she set me up with my GSM and uh, we had a meeting and I said, why? Well, I, I don't know anything about cars, but I do like to help people and uh, I like to have fun and I get bored easily, which means that I'll always be trying to do something new and learn something new. So <laughs> you're good with that. So am I. So I tried it out and here we are five years later. That's so cool. And you know, once it gets into your blood, it is really hard to get it out. I mean, it's just, you kind of get that fix and you're like, oh man, it's like a high. I just want to do it again. I want to do it again. And, and and you know what? It's it's funny that you said that you easily get bored and you're constantly going to try to do something new because I'm the exact same way. You know, like I had to try out everything you know, inside of a dealership. I mean, I actually got a lot of crap for leaving the sell side of the business just to go explore the service side of the business. And, and to your point, I got bored. I just had to try new things. And, you know, I almost sometimes wonder if I was a salesperson today, given all the opportunity that we have with creating content, 
podcasts and social media. I was like, what kind of salesperson would I look like today versus when I started? And, and I think that's kind of a great segue to kind of into our conversation today is, you know, you've really adopted uh, social media into your guys' efforts, but more from a branding perspective and the byproduct looked like if you've generated some great opportunities to have conversations and even some sales. But my first question is like, why? What, what made you decide to you know, really kind of get into social media? Oh, so this is uh, that's a very good question. Um, I've been I've always been on social media ever since I started in the industry. I always just thought it's a great way to reach people. I think probably after about six months, maybe maybe a little bit more, but around that of um, of being in the industry, I came up with your Honda Meg, and uh, it was really about you know making myself be the person that other people could look to to um, to help them out with cars coming from a background of not knowing anything about vehicles, not understanding the car industry. I mean, I've never bought a new car in my life, personally. Uh, I've watched my parents do it. I bought a used car, but I've never been to a new car dealership to go shopping. So I really wanted to be a person that could help kind of break it down back to the basics for people so that people who, I mean, we know all the time people come in and they don't know what they're talking about and they're maybe too shy to say something or... Um, they're embarrassed and uh, I really want to bring it back to the basics to explain these things to people. So I changed my Instagram name to your Honda Meg and uh, just started posting videos here and there, some stories. And I kind of was ish regular with it um, just because I didn't really know. I didn't really know how far to commit. So then I, um, I did that for a while. I've done some Snapchat stuff uh, on my own mm. personal Facebook. I've done some stuff, but then COVID happened and I got laid off for six weeks as did the entire universe. Uh, so I spent that time being, you know, a little depressed for a while. I think we all were, <laughs> oh, yeah. especially somebody who, yeah, it was people who, you know, I don't, I don't sit still well. So um, it, you know, it, it was tough for the first little while. And then I started finding podcasts. I started finding you and, mm-hmm. um, you know, as all the other podcasts out there and started listening to what's going on in the automotive industry, really connecting with people um, that way. And uh, that sparked my interest. And I went back to work and I said, I'm going to make a Facebook page. So I did that. And uh, then that took off. Uh, it's doing really, really well. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram and uh, LinkedIn as well. And uh, I'll still do the odd Snapchat story here and there. Uh, tried TikTok, but that's, I feel too old for that. I, <laughs> I, I still try it. I just don't know really what yeah, to look, do with you know, it yet. I, I, tried, I tried TikTok myself too. And uh, no, nah, I can't dance. And uh, <laughs> I, I've been told that my dancing reminds people of a seizure with a tiny bit of rhythm. And that sounds horrible. <laughs> might be the best way to uh, explain my attempt to actually dance. Uh, so, yeah, no, I wasn't there either. I couldn't quite <laughs> yeah. do TikTok. But I covered all the other bases. You know, you know what I'm always yeah. kind of curious is the routine. You know, because I, I find there's a lot of salespeople out there, a lot of managers out there, a lot of dealerships out there that understand the value in getting into social and being social and creating content that people actually want to to consume and then normally where it kind of falls off is just the routine, right? It's, it's like going to the gym. It's like, I know I got to lose 20 pounds. I know how to lose 20 pounds, but if I don't make a routine out of it, it ain't going to happen, right? So I'm kind of curious, what does what your social media routine look like for you? 
Uh, so I'm still figuring it out, honestly. Mm-hmm. Since um, you know, since May, I, you know, coming back after being laid off, I was uh, I was the busiest I've ever been in my career. Um, you know, I've sold more cars this year than than I ever have, and I've been busier than ever, and it's wonderful. Um, but trying to fit in a social media routine along with that has been good and bad. Um, I, I think a lot of people agree with the fact that like once you're busy, you do better, and you're always kind of on your game. So I just started posting all the time. Uh, that was my biggest fear with starting a Facebook page in years past. I didn't want to do it because I wasn't sure that I would have the time to commit mm-hmm. to posting as much as I knew that I would have to to actually build that following and to do it the proper way. I'm kind of all or nothing. Um, <laughs> I like to do things really well or not at all. Um, I'm very much a perfectionist. So um, I've, I've kind of learned how to, in the last little while, schedule with the help of my, you know, my marketing girl. She's fantastic. Um, she's helped me schedule a lot of it and figure out how to schedule. Um, you know, you can post through Facebook business suite and do Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, doing some research, finding out what time of day is best for different platforms. Um, you know, LinkedIn's best probably first thing in the morning, whereas Facebook and Instagram are better lunchtime, dinner time. So you kind of work that in. Um, and I actually just print out a paper schedule. And uh, I write what I'm going to do awesome. and uh, keep, just keep coming up with new ideas and say, okay, I'll do this the second Wednesday of every month. And uh, then it's a monthly kind of featured video. And uh, this just kind of, I'm still figuring it out. I really am. Oh, you know what? I, I am too. You know, I, I, I've been doing this very heavily for several years and uh, by, by no means do I think that I'm a professional at this. Every single day, every single time I post something, I just learn that much more about, you know, the audience and how to connect with them and how to execute higher or better and so on and so forth. And I love the fact, I mean, I love the fact that you have a well-defined routine. Because I, I think that's the key for everything. I mean, when we're thinking of sales, I mean, even like follow-up. I was really good at follow-up because I had a routine. But out, without my routine, I would suck at it. I, I was one of those people. I could find I could find 52 other things to do than to pick up that phone and, and, call, and call that customer, right? And, and, but, but it was if I scheduled it out and it was like, no, like this is my routine. It was every... Every other half hour, I'd have to go on the uh, either hit the phones or hit the emails or something along that lines. And I stuck to that and I'd set a little alarm clock. Actually, an alarm clock that we used in my office at the time. Um, oh. Now it's great because you can just do it on your phone. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like, it, but it's it's through that routine that that we get better. And I think that's the first the first part for everybody, right? It's like don't worry necessarily about the analytics. You know, don't don't necessarily worry about like who's going to gauge and how often they're going to gauge and so on and so forth. If you create the routine, you get consistent with the routine, then it's like you can kind of improve through the execution of that routine. So that's awesome that you actually put yourself, you put a calendar together. Um, Now, I I find a lot of salespeople out there, though, they don't even necessarily get to the routine part because they have a fear of hitting that red button. And just and just doing it. So I, I'm curious because I know everyone at some point overcomes this. How did you how did you overcome the fear of hitting the red button? Oh, so I don't know that there was a moment where I was just like okay with it. <laughs> um, it, it. I I really don't. I've always always just kind of 
I, I don't really care what I look like on video, which sounds <laughs> terrible, but I'm like, if I make a fool of myself, whatever, people can laugh at me. It makes for better content in my opinion. Um, but you know, if I, if I mess up or make somebody laugh, that's perfect. Um, but for me, it was always that I want to make sure I'm delivering good content and good information. I feel like the, you know, we do a lot of used, um, used car videos too for our dealership, mm-hmm. right? So, um, that has been, going on since basically since I started. So I was kind of one of the first people to start doing those videos. I had to get over it real quick. So for the longest time, I just wouldn't watch myself because I had no interest in seeing what I looked like. I'm like, well, it's done, whatever it is, it is. And then uh, the the more you post on Instagram, the more you do stories, you know, they're going to disappear in 24 hours. So it is, it's it's not as scary, right? Um, Or Snapchat or whatever, like they just, they go away, right? So you're like, well, if it was that bad, it'll just go away. And then uh, eventually you just get to a point where you just, you just do it and uh, single take and it just kind of goes from there. I've always been better single take first, first time. And then if I start doing more, then I really start screwing up and making mistakes. Oh, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I, you know what? If I don't hit it the first time, I know I'm going to mess it up three or four more times. But I, but I think the key, the, the key to executing content is, is understanding that you are going to screw it up. And, and I guess for a lot of people, you know, to get over that fear of hitting the red button is just accept the fact that you're going to mess it up. Hey, you're gonna you, you're gonna put out some stuff that you're gonna shake your head and go, what the hell was that? What did I just say? <laughs> did I not just do a recording? I think I called you Mister or something like that. It was like, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. like I make mistakes. You know, we screw up, yeah. and it's just like you just. But once, but once you know that you're gonna screw up, then it's okay when it happens. You just kind of move forward. Now, one of the things that you said that I thought was really super important for any salespeople out there that are listening, watching right now, and 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 are looking to get into the content game and create their social their 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 social media, I guess, uh, space, which is important, I think, for anybody out there to do, was the fact that you said um, what it was going to be for the customer, right? So you wanted them yeah. to smile. Right. And, and I think that's a great way to get over the fear is understand ultimately what your goal is behind the content. And, you know, I find that it's it, to make it easy for you is probably two great goals. It's, you know, either you educate or you entertain. That will give you yeah. direction of content. So you're not just sitting there and you hit the, the red button and then you're like, dear cotton headlights, uh, uh, what's my name? Um, you know, which happens. Yeah, but but if you know what your intent is behind going into the video, then you know your tone, you know your body language. Uh, you're gonna feel more confident, I think, by hitting that button. It's like, am I am I gonna educate someone on this product or service? Am I gonna entertain them? And I think that's probably a great way to get started. Now, I, I always find for for a lot of people in social media, is, is trying to find the balance between educating and entertaining. Sometimes it's tough. I know it's even tough for me. You know, so I'm curious for you, how do you, how do you kind of go about that? How do you balance the both? education and entertainment content? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I just, um, I think I just keep an eye on my insights. I pay attention to that. Um, Entertainment. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a natural comedian by any means. Um, I'm more (laughs) of a, you know, if I, if I make a mistake or, whatever i'll laugh at myself which is entertaining um and there is a lot of fun stuff with the car industry that you can you can make fun um as dealership a lot of our content is fun when we do like all the salespeople together we do a lot of entertainment and i'll share that 
um, our Halloween, like we love to, we love to dress up and at Christmas we dress up and we, you know, we, we have a good time. So that kind of content is what I post. Um, but I'm very much an educational poster. Mm -hmm. I really, really, really want to deliver educational content because I believe that we are in an industry where the internet's available and everybody's had an experience of buying a car in their life. Sure. Almost everybody. Oh, and if they haven't, their parents have or their aunt has or whoever. So everybody's got different uh, mindsets and different thought processes of how the process is going to go, what they're expecting, um, you know, who you're going to talk to and what they're going to try to do to you and all of these things where if I can just deliver content that tells people what, what it's going to look like when you come to me, then it displays all the barriers that a lot of people have when they, when they think about car shopping because it's such an uncomfortable thing for most people. I want to make it fun. I want to make it not stiff and not, mm -hmm. you know, painful and not a hated thing. It shouldn't <laughs> be miserable to come and buy a car. You should, you should be able to have a good time, you know? So if you kind of break down those barriers ahead of time, that's kind of my goal. Well, and, and I think what's, what's cool is that you, you have a passion for Honda, which I think is something that may, it doesn't sound like it, it existed prior to you having the job. It, mm -hmm. it sounds like your, your no. passion for Honda kind of came kind of built up into, you know, you, you, you doing the job. And, and I think that's where a lot of people kind of get stuck on too, is they, they feel like, you know, they, they have to create a brand and they have to create content around what they do for a living. But, you know, what you do for a living doesn't necessarily always have to be, you know, your, your, your passion, right? You know, um, I have many salespeople out there. I have one in particular that uh, his passion is um, fishing. That's, you know, he works at a dealership, he sells trucks, that's his job, and he enjoys doing it. But when you, if you really want to get him going, you know, you ask him questions about fishing, right? And so, so he creates all this amazing content around fishing, but people are connecting with him through that, but they all know what they, what he does at the end of the day. So it worked out with you because as you, as you started working for Honda, you, you grew this passion for Honda and the brand and the product kind of grew along with it. So it's easy for you. Do you find it's easy for you to talk about it because of your, because the passion you have? Oh, 1000%. Um, Honda is an incredible company. They work really, really hard towards, um, you know, towards a, a very valuable product, a very valuable process. Um, you know, they take, they take their salespeople very seriously and their management and, and everybody that works for the company very seriously. Um, you know, they're very, very specific when it comes to uh, building their product and quality control and so many little things that make you want to sell the product. And then when you go to their training, Honda talks a lot about their what makes them different, which is what fills that value and that quality in the vehicle, uh, stuff that you won't find in other vehicles. Um, you know, there's just so many little things that they do that make the product that that good. And don't get me wrong, there's lots of great cars out there, and I I think that uh, I think that I find a lot of challenges with some of the cars out there for sure. <laughs> um, but I am super passionate about my brand because of what I've learned about it and how Honda, how seriously Honda takes their takes their vehicles and takes you know takes the process and the people and everything. I just think they're an incredible company. Um, and I, I like to dive all in too. So it's like, if I'm working for Honda, I always say, 
to people, you know, customers in my office, if I don't believe in something, I can't sell it. Just plain and simple. You'll read it all over my face. I, I just can't do it. So well, and your, uh, I love the product. I your, love the brand. It's your excitement and your passion and your love for the product. It, it's, it's infectious. And, and I think a lot of sales people don't necessarily understand like the, the time that you invest into this, how it benefits you is, is people want to be a part of that. They look at that and go, look how, look how happy Megan is selling Hondas. Look how happy she is talking about the CRV. You know, I mean, it's an SUV at the end of the day. It's just it's, another SUV. Yeah. But, but the way that you describe it, like you really do get excited about it. And I feel like, you know, when people are, are, are looking to make that sizable transaction, they want to connect and they want someone that's excited about it. And I was, I was telling a story earlier today on another podcast. I just bought um, some new appliances and I might as well just ordered them online. Um, it was actually more oh, no. of, it took more energy just talking to the salesperson, let alone just, you know, I mean, like I was excited to go in to buy, you know, this product. I was, I was going to get, you know, the Samsung refrigerator with the TV in it. I'm like, this is good. Oh, so, I'm, yes. I'm an electronic geek. So I, I love that kind of stuff. Right. And I was so excited about this. And then I got there and it's like literally like the salesperson, like, like pop my balloon. Just like had oh, nothing good to works. say about the product, had nothing. It was just like, oh, this is gonna happen. Oh, this is gonna. Oh, this. Oh no. If you I'm like, I'm like, wow. I was like here going into it, and then you deflated. I just like totally walked out. But it's that passion. So, so I, that's where I see the biggest advantage. I think for a lot of salespeople out there is that I get to experience your passion, get a taste for it before I come in. So then when I connect, this is my next kind of question for you: is do you find that when people do come in and that have engaged with your social media in the past, do you, do you feel like you connect with them a lot faster? Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, I, I get people, it's funny, I'll get people coming to the dealership for service and they'll pop by my office and say, oh, you're, you're the Meg in the videos, right? Or like I had somebody stop me in Metro one day and was like, are you Honda Meg? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I didn't like, I didn't realize that, that it, you, you don't realize how far your videos are actually reaching. I mean, you look at your insights, right? But sure. you don't see everybody that you touch. And you and I have talked about this. So you don't really see how far your reach is until stuff like that happens. And it's super cool. And uh, I just, I think it's awesome when people come in and they say, well, I want to work with Meg because I saw her video and it's just, it's huge, right? And yes, it does break down barriers. You do connect with people easier. And uh, I have friends through, um, you know, I'm involved in a lot of sports in the city and friends through that who say, oh yeah, mm -hmm. your, uh, your video on, on that, you know, I, I really liked it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were paying attention to my videos. That's <laughs> kind of cool, right? Um, so even people I know that are, that just kind of comment on them casually, you're like, oh, that's, that's okay. Cool. You know, it's neat. That, that, that is cool. Um, I love it every single time it happens. You know, it's, <sighs> I actually have a weird reason why I started making content and I got into social media. It's, it sounds very odd when I say it out loud and almost kind of pompous, but I have this crazy idea in my head that I show up to a network events because I love networking events. I, like I love working the room. I just, it's just one of my passions, oh. right? And oh, good. I love I, it too. I, my idea is that I want to be able to show up and not have to introduce myself to anybody and mm -hmm. bypass the first six and a half minutes of awkward chit chat of like, what do you do and who are you and stuff like that. So like, <laughs> but, but I think it's important though, that, you know, that when people do start with their social media efforts, that they do have some goal 
in mind. You know, it, it, it can be it can be huge when it could be a small one, but at least it gives, you know, some of their efforts direction. So I'm kind of curious for, for you, you know, <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> I know it's it, cats, kids, um, you, you name it. It always pops up the podcast somewhere. So, yeah. <laughs> um, for you, what, what was kind of your goal getting into it? You know, what was one of the things that you were kind of surprised about kind of, you know, as you progressed into your social efforts? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think that, I think that, I think that before I started really with my, going really strong with my social efforts was how many people I talked to on a daily basis, including, you know, friends and, um, you know, even coworkers in the dealership mm-hmm. who stuff that, stuff that about the car industry that you kind of think people know and they really just don't. Uh, I just kind of assumed I was a bit of an outlier before I started working because when I, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't know anything about the cars, anything about cars at all. So I assumed I was kind of like a little bit of an oddball, but more people than you know are confused about the car industry or think they know one thing, but actually know something else. Um, so a big part of that was my social media game was like, let's, let's, let's help people out. Let's help educate people. You always worry about how much of your process you give away online, right? Versus I want to save that for when for the experience people are going to get when they come in to see me because that should be special too. Mm-hmm, but when you when you give it to people online, people are getting stuff online every day of the week. So why not? Why not give them everything they're looking for and uh, and really help educate people about what what buying a car is like, what the process is like. Um, there's just so many different levels. So that was the goal behind my social. I just wanted to help people. I just, I felt like I could, uh, relate to people who, even, even people who are super educated mm-hmm. about buying cars mm-hmm. and who have done it a ton of times. Um, I can relate to them because I'm stubborn and I refuse to not know the answer to any questions. So beyond that, it's like, I, I feel like I can relate to people through a screen. Well, I think that's, that's very true. Like we, we can connect. And that's a great way yeah. to kind of put out these um, kind of autonomous ways to connect with people. You know, the more content you put out, the more opportunities a uh, potential customer has uh, to connect with you and consume. And they they hear your voice. They hear your tonality. They hear your excitement. They see the passion. And, and it just says so much. I want to change gears just a little bit here because um, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on dealership social media efforts because here's the kicker i actually think for the most part individual salespeople do a hell of a lot better than the actual dealership does and it's just for there's some dealerships that do really well there's a lot that just simply straight up don't get it at all so yeah i'm I'm curious to kind of hear your thoughts on on how a dealership should be doing social media Oh, dealership social media is everything. It's super important. I think that uh, I think the dealerships, you know, they they have to do their standard advertising, you know, the the bonuses on CRV or whatever they're advertising. I think that's all normal stuff that mm-hmm. you have to do, right? So that's expected. Uh, I think that dealership social media should be about the salespeople and the service department and the people in the background and everybody that's out there introducing people to your team, showing them who you are, um, showing them what your culture is as a dealership. Um, our dealership is community driven. We're very, very strong about that. We're very customer service oriented. We take care of people. 
Uh, and you see that mm-hmm. when you come through the doors and you talk to anybody, anybody in there. And uh, our social media, you know, that, that's a big deal too, right? You got to show that on your social media and you got to have fun with it. So for us, we, we do a lot of, um, you know, collaborative work with the salespeople. Um, you know, we did, we did a race video for an award that, that happens in the Sioux. And, uh, it's, it's funny because people love that more than anything. People, people absolutely adore seeing the real side of your dealership, of your people, mm-hmm. because then you're not just a big scary building anymore. You're actually, um, you know, you're actually human, you're human beings. And people don't know to look for your Honda Meg or whoever else is a salesperson in the dealership, right? Mm -hmm. People don't know to look for a single individual. They look for a dealership. So when you're looking for a dealership online and you see, um, you see funny videos that they're posting and stuff, the salespeople are doing stuff together. It shows that they're a team, that they're not just, you know, out to hound you. Um, (laughs) they have fun at work and it, it really shows a culture and it shows, that people enjoy going to work and who, who else would you want to buy a car from? Right. No, I, I look, I, I think that's, that's a great point. Look, dealerships, social efforts should be highlighting the collectiveness of all their little micro brands. And what makes a dealership unique at the end of the day is never their product. I mean, yeah. like, I know it's a little different for you guys where you are, but I mean, it's for here, you know, there's, 18 Honda dealerships I could drive to, oh you know, within about an hour commute, you know? So like they're all selling the same bloody product. They're all going to sell it within a few dollars of each other. And there's not going to be any big changes there. And, and I love the way you said it because it's, it's so totally true. Really what makes a dealership different from each other is uh, a, their operations and then B the big one, the one that you said is, is the people the team because you you can't duplicate that right like if i wanted to create a you know a a one hour delivery process in out and on your way right like i could but then a dealership could easily duplicate that right they could figure it out and kind of duplicate it right but they can't duplicate those micro brands those sales people that they have inside inside of their dealership i mean if it was up to me i would pretty much just delete every single, you know, picture of a, of someone picking up their car in a delivery, because look, we all know you're a car dealership and you know, you're never going to see a picture of someone who wasn't happy about picking up their car. So I'm like, Fair. all right, cool. You sell cars. Thanks for letting us know. Right. But I think the, the real value in the social media is, is, is those stories and the, and those individuals are those stories. Right. Yeah. It's the service manager in the back and it's the the accounting clerks upstairs and it's the receptionist that's, you know, doing this as a part time job and getting their degree in you know economics on the side. You know, it's just like it's all these amazing individuals that make up a big uh, that make up the bigger part of what a dealership's community community, I think, is the key thing. You know, you know I find I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Um, I find dealerships understand the the media portion of social media. But they don't necessarily understand the social part of social media. They skip that one altogether. And I'm curious if you've seen some really good examples, maybe some stuff that you guys have done or examples of other dealerships that were that were just really they were very social in their efforts. Have you seen some cool examples? Well, off the top of my head, I'd have to I'd have to look back, but I, I see stuff all the time that that's really bad, but also I see stuff <laughs> yeah. all the time that's really good. And uh 
you have to, you really have to, in, it, it, it's important, right? Um, to, to be social on, on social networks. Um, when you're just constantly hitting people with sale this and sale that, it drives me crazy because, you know, people, people know you've got a deal. Everybody's got a deal. There's always deals going on. Best deals of the year. Well, of 100%. course, every 12 months, every month it's the best deal of the year, right? Like everybody's got a deal. So talk about something else. Talk about your people and your, your process and everything else. Um, you're absolutely right. You said it before that it's about being social. In social media, people are just going to scroll past you if all you're posting about is the next deal and the payments and all of that stuff. Uh, there's a time and a place to throw something like that in there, definitely. Uh, but it's not, it's not an all the time thing. You, you need to, you need to engage your people. You need to connect with them. Uh, and I think that that, I think that's huge. I think that's yes. everything, right? And personality wise, you need to, yeah, you need to connect with people. Well, and, and that, and that's what it is about creating a, an online community. See, like I, I remember early, early social media, like people were going to go, we're going to go online. We're going to build an online community. And I was like, that sounds like a really good idea. You know, like it's a, a place that people would see value in wanting to be a part of. Right. And, yeah. and that's what the, all yeah. these little micro online communities are. And, you know, I find dealers actually, for the most part, I think do a pretty decent job of being, you know, um, in their community, you know, meaning in the sense that, like they'll sign the check for the local sports team or they'll pay to park the car at the rib fest, you know, like they'll be in the community. So people are aware of them, but it's, it, it's, it's not often that you see a dealership that's actually like a part of the community where it's like when you, when you, when you think of, you know, the Sioux, all right, like where, you, yeah. where you're located, it's like there's, there's several, a handful of dealerships there, but then there's, there's some that just really embedded themselves into the community. When they think of the community, they think of the dealership. And, and I think uh, dealerships have an opportunity to do this and to do it socially because their own internal community, their staff is part of the local community. So it's like, it's, it's a great way to kind of connect the dots. And I, I think dealerships need to, in social media, be more of me to be a part of the community, not just in the community. You know, there's so many opportunities we have as yeah. a dealership. We have physical space that people are looking for. You know, it's like, why, why be an event when we can host our own events? You know, so, you know, I'm actually gonna play a little game with you, Megan. I want to try this out. Okay. If, if, if there was uh, Megan's Honda dealership. All right. Okay. All right. So Megan owned a Honda dealership and you know, wh how would you be, a part of the community versus just being in the community. I'm curious. Oh my goodness. There's so many things I could, I could talk for an hour about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm super involved with sports. I already said that, but yeah. uh, you know, one, I play hockey. Well, not anymore since I injured myself, but I did play hockey, uh, <laughs> soccer. I run the women's lacrosse league in the Sioux, uh, with a nice little group of, of women. And, uh, so I think sports would be a big part of it. Uh, you know, have a, have a hockey game in the back of the lot or, you know, have a charity mm -hmm. soccer game or stuff like that. I think sports would be super fun. Um, we're in such a tight knit community here of, you know, goodness, what's our population? 70 ish thousand people somewhere <laughs> in there. So it's small, 
uh, we did a we did a thing a couple of years ago with Papa Civic where we put a Civic that was deckled all around the city and got people to take selfies with it and post post it to social media and hashtag Spot Civic. That was an awesome contest. Uh, I love I love stuff like that. I love that idea. So I'd probably you know replicate something like that because uh, that gets people people in in the mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. involved, right? Involved with your cars and your dealership. Um, all sorts of charity events. I could I could just the things I could come up with, uh, supporting local, local businesses, especially after COVID, you know, the, the amount of, the amount of things you can do to support local restaurants and businesses that are, you know, struggling a little bit. Yep. That's a great example. There's, there's lots of good stuff you could do with them too. That's, that's huge. So, oh, I could go on forever. Well, no, yeah, but there's, there's, there's look, I think there's just, there's a lot of opportunities here, right? Absolutely. You know, like I actually used to, um, actually clear out my showroom. And would lend it out to um, a a women's group who was looking for yes. a big space to be able to kind of get together on a quarterly basis. They they, they got to get, it was it was kind of a book club slash kind of like a mother support club. It was really cool. Really loved it. It was very local, and um, but they would try to get together all everyone together kind of on a quarterly basis. And it's not like these guys had a budget or anything like that. I mean, they, you know, to go rent out a hall or so on and so forth. And I was like, well, Sundays, my dealership's closed. Do you want the showroom? I'll clear all the cars out. You know, and I think it's just like that. That's being a part of the community, not, not just being in the community. Right. I mean, I have, I have a dealership Absolutely. right now. He's uh, he's redoing his dealership for dealership and he's going to build out a community room. At the so dealership. we have one. You guys have one? We have one, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Tell me a little bit about that. How's that get used? It's awesome. So it's a it's a boardroom upstairs, and there's a nice TV up there. You can you know connect any of your social to it, um, or any you know presentations you're doing or anything like that. And uh, you know holds around thirty to forty people somewhere in there. I mean, we're not doing it right now because of COVID. Of course. But we uh, we encourage anybody in the community uh, to use it for free. So it's just, it's there. You just have to book it um, for any type of event. We've had book clubs. We've had um, people having meetings, doctors, you know, um, we even had, we had this group of, uh, of ladies who would bring in their, um, their sewing machines and do like a stitching club up there. And uh, they bring like a little lunch and have a little lunch and stitch all day. And, you know, and then they'd go and get get the boys around the dealership to bring bring their stuff upstairs for them. It, it was adorable. That's so <laughs> they were, awesome. It was so much fun. So yeah, anybody could use it. It was free to anybody in the community. And I'm sure one of these days it'll be open back up again. Uh, but yeah, it's an awesome, awesome thing. See, th- those are the types of things that we create real, deep, meaningful, like community connections. And, you know, it's like we, we can learn from kind of those physical connections and how we can kind of translate out to those digital connections. But at the end of the day, that's what this is. The, that's what the whole game's about. Right. It's just it's about just connect connecting with people on a, on a human to human level and just really being a part of the community rather than just being in the community. Look up. Uh, I, Megan, I know it's towards the tail end of our time today. Um, gosh, I went by fast. I'm sure we could probably jam for a whole another hour. <laughs> it did go <laughs> by fast. I could go on and on. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. But before I let you go, though, uh, for everyone out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to connect with you and kind of follow along with your journey, what is the best way to do so? 
Oh, you can follow me on everything. Um, I am always on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me your.hondameg on Instagram. That's my handle on Facebook as well. You can find me under my name, Megan Brazzle. And I think I have your Honda Meg in my LinkedIn uh, profile as well. Um, <laughs> and you can, you can call me, you can text me. My cell number is 705-257-0765. Uh, I'm, I'm super open to chatting with anybody. So connect with me however you want. Uh, I'm on all of those all day. <laughs> so you can awesome. find me on any of them. <laughs> Hey, Megan, thank you so much for getting with me today. This has been a blast. You have yourself an amazing day. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to sign up to be a mobster at strategymob.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.